Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey guys, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today with Chris Lotzball. Hey everybody. And we are continuing through 1 Samuel, basically starting out, we're in chapter 22, David is camping out in this cave, uh, and as he's camping out in this cave, he's just basically like getting stronger and stronger, basically. There's there's people coming, he's gaining warriors. Um, what are you What are you noticing as we read through this, Chris? I mean, this is just the continual progression of David increasing and Saul decreasing too, because we are going to see Saul make some very bad decisions in today's reading that... Uh, ends up costing a lot of people their lives. So it's kind of this uh, downfall of Saul, but the ascent of David continues on throughout the text. Uh, do, why don't you talk about like that, that horrible decision that happens here? Like basically he's going to slaughter a ton of priests. Right. So we do have this account of uh, Saul ordering Doeg, the Edomite, to kill a bunch of priests, but it actually connects to part of what we did yesterday. So yesterday, when David went to Nob and he went to the priest, he was hungry, so he asked for the bread that was reserved for the priest, and then he eventually got uh, Goliath's sword as well. Well, Doeg saw, saw all this happen. He was there, and David knew that he saw it happen, uh, but he just kind of asked for the stuff anyway, went on his way. Doeg eventually, on today's reading, reports this back to Saul. And of course, Saul is furious that uh, the priests are assisting David and, and not helping him, even though they didn't quite do as much as what Saul accused them of doing. Saul determined that they needed to die for helping David. So he ended up ordering his army to slaughter all these priests. And the soldiers said, no way, we are not doing this. This is unjust. So uh, Saul turned to his buddy Doeg, the Edomite, and Doeg killed 85 of them, I think it said. Uh, So this is just such a tragic event. It shows just how bad Saul's leadership has gotten and how just irrational he's getting. But we also kind of see that that David... uh, has this realizes that his actions also have consequences. And in this case, he saw like my desire for food and just for support. Maybe I was a little rash in that. I did see Doeg there, but I didn't consider it. And David's also seeing, wow, but people died because of some of the decisions I made. And I think he's very sobered, which I think we really start to see that reflected how sobered he is as it goes right into Psalm 52. Uh, And this is, again, where it's great to put these psalms in that you kind of get an insight into what's David's response to this physical event that happened. Psalm 52 kind of gives us a little bit of a a revelation into that. So it starts, this is uh, 1 Samuel 22, uh, verse 22. David actually is kind of like crying out, like, oh my goodness, now I've caused the death of your Mm. father's family. So, So in 1 Samuel, we get a little bit of that emotion that's like, you know, almost shock and regret. But then Psalm 52, which I love that these are placed just right in uh, right in context, because to me, it makes this psalm stand out a lot more because it's this this psalm is about, to me, it's, it's about Saul. Like when he's, he's crying out about this wicked warrior boasting about their crimes, like this is in the context of Saul just going ahead and making sure all these, these priests die, and probably like Doeg as well, some. Um, but also like as he's going through the Psalm one, I think we see a ton of just raw emotion. Uh, obviously he's very moved by Mm, this, this horrible crime. That's his responsibility really. Um, but then we also see like his faith in God. So like towards the end of the Psalm, uh, he's talking about these wicked people that trust in their wealth and they grow more and more bold in their wickedness. That is 
a direct commentary on what we're seeing happen to Saul. He's becoming more brash, more bold in his wickedness, just like the Psalm says. Uh, But he is deciding to continue to trust in what God has for him. He's going to praise God forever. Um, And I think like one of the things you've pointed out is that we're actually going to start to see David consult God a lot more. Right. Which if you think about it, when he went to the priest at first, in, in some ways he he probably was just thinking of his immediate needs. He was thinking, I'm hungry. I need a weapon. He wasn't really thinking about the consequences of yeah. his decisions. Uh, he didn't realize maybe my actions here could actually have consequences on others. And one of the things I think we're going to notice in the coming days is we're going to start to see David inquiring of God a lot more, even at the end of our reading today when he's protecting the town of Kila, Multiple times, David asked God for direction, asked God for wisdom. And I think David had a little bit of one of those leadership lessons where you realize my decisions as a leader aren't limited to me. They affect others. And if I'm going to be a good leader, I I better be seeking God. I better be asking God for wisdom because maybe I was hungry that day, but it probably wasn't the best decision because now... I got some food that day, but 85 people died as a result. And I think it's a great lesson for us as leaders to think about. Um, I mean, any Christian should be asking God for direction, asking God for wisdom. But when you're a leader and your decisions impact others, I think the responsibility is even greater to be seeking God to make wise decisions. So I, I read this and I'm challenged like, okay, do I just go on my own? What what I think is a good plan or am I actually taking time and saying, hey, God, what what should we do here? Yeah. Uh, so I'm challenged in my leadership by by seeing this uh, pattern in David's life, especially after he learned this difficult lesson. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we've got some more David coming tomorrow, so please join with us. And God's whole story keeps moving on. David keeps rising. Saul gets darker and darker in the days to come. So we'll see you later. See ya. First Samuel chapter 22, starting in verse 1. So David left Gath and escaped the cave of Ajalom. Soon his brothers and all his other relatives joined him there. Then others began coming, men who were in trouble or in debt or who were discontented, until David was the captain of about 400 men. Psalm 57. Have mercy on me, O God, have mercy. I look to you for protection. I will hide beneath the shadow of your wings until the danger passes by. I cry out to God most high, to God who will fulfill his purpose for me. He will send help from heaven to rescue me, disgracing those who hound me. My God will send forth his unfailing love and faithfulness. I am surrounded by fierce lions who greedily devour human prey, whose teeth pierce like spears and arrows, and whose tongues cut like swords. Be exalted, O God, above the highest heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth." My enemies have set a trap for me. I am weary from distress. They have dug a deep pit in my path, but they themselves have fallen into it. My heart is confident in you, O God. My heart is confident. No wonder I can sing your praises. Wake up, my heart. Wake up, O lyre and harp. I will wake the dawn with my song. I will thank you, Lord, among all the people. I will sing your praises among the nations. For your unfailing love is as high as the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the highest heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth. Psalm 142. 
I cry out to the Lord. I plead for the Lord's mercy. I pour out my complaints before him and tell him of all my troubles. When I am overwhelmed, you alone know the way I should turn. Wherever I go, my enemies have set traps for me. I look for someone to come and help me, but no one gives me a passing thought. No one will help me. No one cares a bit about what happens to me. Then I pray to you, O Lord. I say, you are my place of refuge. You are all I really want in life. Hear my cry, for I am very low. Rescue me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison so I can thank you. The godly will crowd around me, for you are good to me. 1 Chronicles 12. Some brave and experienced warriors from the tribe of Gad also defected to David while he was at the stronghold in the wilderness. They were experts, both with shield and spear, as fierce as lions and as swift as deer on the mountains. Ezer was their leader. Obadiah was second. Eliab was third. Mishmasha was fourth. Jeremiah was fifth. Atai was sixth. Eliel was seventh. Joanan was eighth. Elzabad was ninth. Jeremiah was 10th, Machbani was 11th. These warriors from Gad were army commanders. The weakest among them could take on a hundred regular troops, and the strongest could take on a thousand. These were the men who crossed the Jordan River during its seasonal flooding at the beginning of the year and drove out all the people living in the lowlands and on both the east and west banks. Others from Benjamin and Judah came to David at the stronghold. David went out to meet them and said, If you have come in peace to help me, we are friends. But if you have come to betray me to my enemies when I am innocent, then may the God of our ancestors see it and punish you. Then the spirit came upon Amasai, the leader of the thirty, and he said, We are yours, David. We are on your side, son of Jesse. Peace and prosperity be with you, and success to all who help you. For your God is one who helps you. So David let them join him, and he made them officers over his troops. Later, David went to Mizpah in Moab, where he asked the king, Please allow my father and mother to live here with you until I know that God, what God is going to do for me. So David's parents stayed in Moab with the king during the entire time David was living in his stronghold. One day, the prophet Gad told David, leave the stronghold and return to the land of Judah. So David went to the forest of Hereth. The news of his arrival in Judah soon reached Saul. At the time, the king was sitting beneath the tamarisk tree on the hill at Gibeah, holding his spear and surrounded by his officers. Listen here, you men of Benjamin. Saul shouted to his officers when he heard the news. Has that son of Jesse promised every one of you fields and vineyards? Has he promised to make you all generals and captains in his army? Is that why you have conspired against me? For not one of you told me when my own son made a solemn pact with the son of Jesse. You're not even sorry for me. Think of it, my own son encouraging him to kill me as he is trying to do this very day. Then Doeg the Edomite, who was standing there with Saul's men, spoke up. When I was at Nob, he said, I saw the son of Jesse talking to the priest, Ahimelech, the son of Ahitub. Ahimelech consulted the Lord for him. Then he gave him food and the sword of Goliath, the Philistine. King Saul immediately sent for Ahimelech and all his family who served as priests at Nob. When they arrived, Saul shouted at them, Listen to me, you son of Ahub. What is it, my king? Ahimelech said. Why have you and the son of Jesse conspired against me? Saul demanded. Why did you give him food and a sword? Why have you consulted God for him? Why have you encouraged him to kill me as he is trying to do this very day? But sir, Ahimelech replied, Is anyone among all your servants as faithful as David, your son-in-law? Why he... 
is the captain of your bodyguard and a highly honored member of your household. This was certainly not the first time I consulted God for him. May the king not accuse me and my family in this matter, for I knew nothing at all about the plot against you. You will surely die, Ahimelech, along with your entire family, the king shouted. And he ordered his bodyguards, kill these priests for the Lord, for they are allies and conspirators with David. They knew he was running away from me, but he, they didn't tell me. But Saul's men refused to kill the Lord's priest. Then the king said to Doeg, you do it. So Doeg the Edomite turned on them and killed them that day, 85 priests and all, still wearing their priestly garments. Then he went to Nob, the town of the priest, and killed the priest's families, men and women, children and babies, and all the cattle, donkeys, sheep, and goats. Only Abathar, one of the sons of Ahimelech, escaped and fled to David. When he told David that Saul had killed the priest of the Lord, David exclaimed, I knew it. When I saw Doeg the Edomite there that day, I knew he was sure to tell Saul. Now I have caused the death of all your family, father's family. Stay here with me and don't be afraid. I will protect you with my own life, for the same person wants to kill us both. Psalm 52. Why do you boast about your crimes, great warrior? Don't you realize God's justice continues forever? All day long you plot destruction. Your tongue cuts like a sharp razor. You're an expert at telling lies. You love evil more than good you, and lies more than truth. You love to destroy others with your words, you liar. But God will strike you down once and for all. He will pull you from your home and uproot you from the land of the living. The righteous will see it and be amazed. They will laugh and say, look at what happens to mighty warriors who do not trust in God. They trust in their wealth instead, and they grow more and more bold in their wickedness. But I am like an olive tree, thriving in the house of God. I will always trust in God's unfailing love. I will praise you forever, O God, for what you have done. I will trust in your good name in the presence of your faithful people. 1 Samuel 23. One day, news came to David that the Philistines were at Kailah, stealing grain from the threshing floors. David asked the Lord, should I go and attack them? Yes, go and save Kailah, the Lord said. But David's men said, we're afraid even here in Judah. We certainly don't want to go to Kailah to fight the whole Philistine army. So David asked the Lord again, and again the Lord replied, go down to Kailah, for I will help you conquer the Philistines. So David and his men went to Kilah. They slaughtered the Philistines and took all their livestock and rescued the people of Kilah. Now when Abathar, the son of Ahimelech, fled to David at Kilah, he brought the ephod with him. Saul soon learned that David was at Kilah. Good, he exclaimed. We've got him now. God has handed him over to me, for he has trapped himself in a walled town. So Saul mobilized his entire army to march to Kilah and besiege David and his men. But David learned of Saul's plot and told Abathar the priest to bring the ephod and ask the Lord what he should do. Then David prayed, O Lord God of Israel, I have heard that Saul is planning to come and destroy Kilah because I am here. Will the leaders of Kilah betray me to him? And will Saul actually come as I have heard? O Lord God of Israel, please tell me. And the Lord said, He will come. Again David asked, Will the leaders of Kilah betray me and my men to Saul? And the Lord replied, Yes, they will betray you. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcast at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you, and if you 
you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.